Well, welcome to episode 61 of Three Point Podcast, sports and pop culture coming at you from three different generations. I'm Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and WJSZ Radio, representing the baby boomers. Gen Xer Matt Burns checks in from ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is our social media master. And the millennial viewpoints, as always, will be coming from Jared Fatel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Thanks again to our partners, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Corona Public Schools, and also Z92.5 for supporting Three Point Podcast. The big game just ended in Ann Arbor, and we're going to be breaking it down. We'll be talking about how the Spartans picked up that win, and we'll also check in with Ryan Hagedone. He's at Hags underscore 88. He's got a lot of great opinions, especially on the Wolverine side. We'll have another edition of Tedertainment tonight. We'll give you some hot takes and have much more coming up right after these important messages from our Three Point Podcast partners. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. Kindergarten registration is coming up, and it's time to sign up those future Cavaliers. Take one small step today by calling 989-743-1579 to ensure your child will take a giant leap into the future. Like we've said many times before, young or old, it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on the Corona Schools by following the Corona Connection. The Corona Connection was founded to create a platform for Corona residents and students to connect. View the Corona Connection online every month, both on Facebook and at Corona Connection. Connection.com. Guys, I am sick to my stomach. I've only had this feeling twice in my life. You know what the first time was? No. So it was a snow day, and my parents had gone to work. And you guys know I've talked about it before. Whenever there's a snow day, that basically meant my life was going to be a living hell for the next eight hours until my mom returned home from work. Yeah, you got beat up by the brothers, right? So what happened this time? My brother pinned me down, and my other brother decided he was going to pull down his pants and put his butt on my face. Oh, no. <laughs> That's – and it's not like he had some baby bottom. You know, he was a teenager at this point. It was not some baby bottom going on my face. And I tell you what, watching Michigan State go into the Chrysler Arena, two guys down, Nick Ward, Josh Langford, Michigan with the New Jerseys, honoring the 1989 team, 200 former Michigan basketball players in the house haven't lost a home game in 411 days. I've never felt more disgusted than I was when I watched Thomas Kithier send Iggy's shot to the 10th row. <laughs> Watching Michigan State beat Michigan, I've never felt worse in my life, guys. I, I'm mad. I can't imagine how you feel. You didn't sleep for two hours. 
I'm out here on the front lines taking bullets from Michigan State fans, laughing at my face, and you're nowhere to be found. Where were you? I could have used you on Twitter. <laughs> this was a joke. I, guys, I don't even know how we're even recording. This is almost like therapeutic, just getting this out in the open. Because <laughs> I tell you what, if I had not had a platform to say how I felt about this game, I don't know if you guys would see me in a few weeks. I, I would be just locked in my room. By the way, how we're, did you guys? I was just going to throw out there, by the way, we're recording this about an hour after the game. Yeah, so these feelings are fresh. Fresh. I mean, I was I just, on, the, on the drive uh, into the into work or whatever to come record this. I was trying to like think. Let's not let those those feelings of you know being pissed off or whatever right after the game come out on the podcast. But it's hard to <laughs> hard to hold back because yeah, I mean you you said it, Jared. That was it was bad. I mean, Michigan. I don't know what you guys were feeling. It never felt like Michigan was actually going to win that game, even when they went up six. Iggy had that sick baseline dunk. You know, Michigan State called a timeout. The crowd was going crazy. You know, you might have thought right then that's when they were going to make a statement, but it seemed like to me every shot Michigan was taking was, like, tough. Michigan State's defense, they were getting up in the guys, and, you know, it seemed like everything Michigan was doing on offense was just, like, difficult. So it was a bad feeling. You know, Cassius Winston, I, I, we said it on the pod last week that he was going to have to be the guy. He played great. It was his best game ever against Michigan for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't fun to watch. It was I'll a tough, that much. tough one for the Wolverines. You know, guys, I – I'm old school. I don't tweet everything, but I did have a, just a little notebook next to me taking some notes down during the game, you know, and just some of my scribblings. You know, Winston, great first half. Uh, MSU out-hustling Michigan in the first half. You know, half halftime score, 39-37. Uh, again, to start the second half, uh, the Michigan D looked pretty good early on, but then Winston plays the whole game. He's an Ironman, finishes with 27 points. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as depressed as you guys because I'm the kind of guy that – you know, I'm not a Michigan State hater. I put that out there before. I have to I have to look at this one myself and say, you know what? I'm not going to get all depressed about it. I'm going to give some kudos out. And I, you know, I, I kind of had my hot take last week. I figured the Spartans had everything going against them. So guess what? It's the perfect storm. They're going to go down to Ann Arbor with everything, Jared, you talked about, the 89 team, everything else that was going on. Tom Izzo coached a brilliant game, and his team played their asses off. Pure and, and simple. You said it. The effort, it seemed like the effort was there. It, it almost got it had the feeling that, like, Michigan just thought they were going to win. You know, like, they thought by showing up, Michigan State's two guys down. Um, you know, the whole 89 team is there. They got the new unis and everything. Like, it, it, it just had the feeling that, you know, Michigan State was out hustling every play, like you said. And, you know, I, I said it last week, too, about Nick Ward being out. He's, he's a huge part of that team. You know, his numbers – show it he's a huge part of that team but their offensive game plan like you said ted with that uh, Izzo drew up it really it it kind of like messed up michigan's defense a little bit i think because teske was constantly having to come out and guard the pick and roll and i was just thinking the whole time like if ward was in this wouldn't be happening because he would be down low in the post you know right this now today, Teske was out on the perimeter having to guard Goins. Goins is knocking down some threes. Tillman was rolling to the hoop and getting some some layups and stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah, tip your cap to Izzo for for drawing up a good offensive game plan. And you know, I think Ward being out actually helped Michigan State. Can I just say this? Where the hell was Charles Matthews, <laughs> a fifth year senior, four points, one assist, zero rebounds? He's getting guarded by Matt McQuaid and Aarons and these other scrubs the entire game, and he, met, and he musters up four points. It's a joke. Like, every time the lights are the brightest, why does he always shrink? Like, there's only, like, maybe, two, like, Teske played okay. 
Brooks and Poole are just firing the entire game. First off, if your number if your number is number fifty five, I don't care if you're a dead <laughs> dead eye three point shooter. You do not shoot threes. Yeah. Eli Brooks took two threes. I know one of them was when the shot clock was winding down, but that's two threes way too many. Okay, and people are going to say that Poole played well. He had like six or seven points like in garbage time. It doesn't count. The only guys who showed up were Simpson and Iggy. Iggy. Those are the only two. Yep. Everyone else was just. The lights were too bright. The 200 alumni in the stands they were too much. They were looking down on them, and they disappointed the hell out of that crowd, and they disappointed the hell out of me. You know, the devil's advocate on that side of under the lights, and I, I kind of agree with what you were saying about Matthews. I don't know if his, his twisted ankle had any factor. I'm not going to say that's an excuse, but it may have had a bit of a factor. But you talk about under the bright lights. Let's, let's face it. Cassius Winston... He stepped up under the big lights with 27, and he just made McQuaid with 13 and Tillman with 13 and Goyds with 16. He just ran the show. I mean, it really was Izzo and Winston, the difference in that game. Yeah, it was. I mean, he he was making the right passes. I mean, he probably had a couple turnovers, but he was making the right passes. He was hitting shots, and it always seemed like in the big moments, like when Michigan was kind of starting to pull away a little bit or when they were starting to claw back. Uh, he came up with a big bucket or a big assist, and, you know, that's that's what a guy like that does. I mean, he might be Big Ten Player of the Year, so, I mean, he showed up when he was supposed to. It's crazy to think that, you, like, we were underselling, not, and I'm, I'm definitely one of them who has criticized Izzo, but to think that, like, yeah, I, I saw some people saying, like, Izzo proved that he can coach, or, you know, Izzo proved that he could come up with a good game plan on the road in, in a tough spot with two <laughs> starters down and everything. Like, Izzo has proven I mean, he has a proven resume, you know, so, like, we shouldn't be surprised that he was able to, you know, get these guys ready, and he said they had a, like, tough week of practice and everything. So, yeah, I mean, he, he just proved why he's still one of the best coaches in the country. They, we threw everything we had at them. Like I said, all the non-cripplers on the court, we threw everything we had at this Michigan State team, and it just comes down to, to, to size of your balls. I mean, Matt McQuaid's out there. I, I hate to say it. He impressed the hell out of me. I like the cut of that guy's jib. You know, <laughs> you I, the, thing, the person that we should all really be really mad at is Larry Brown. So McQuaid <laughs> was going to go to SMU, and then Larry Brown had everything fall apart. SMU left or whatever was fired, and as a result, McQuaid decides he's not going to go there. He comes to Michigan State, and you guys can't see me, but I am like shaking my fists like to the sky, and, and like damn you, Larry Brown, it's because of you that this happened. And another thing that happened as a – okay, let me back up. I, my brain is moving like 400 miles an hour right now just out of anger, okay? Get it out, Jared. For Get it out. For some odd reason, we decided to mess with what was working. And you guys – this is something I can just see Ted being like, oh, that's like not important. I'm a big – not karma. What's the word for karma? Or doing something like exactly the same exact way, like a routine, like to – where if you don't do it, like everything's off. What's the word I'm looking yeah, for? Yeah, routine, routine works. So Michigan always wears repetition. Brooks and Matthews, they, they wear the pink shoes, okay? For some odd reason, we decided to mess with karma and have everyone wear pink shoes other than the guys that normally wear pink shoes. At hmm. first, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. But when you mess with what works and you decide that you're going to switch up your shoes, something like that is just playing with the basketball gods. Yeah, and, I, and you, you can't do that in a game against Michigan State. Well, yeah, you can't you, do that in the biggest game of the year. You think Wear I might disagree shoes. with that, but I agree with you, Jared. I, I'm a big believer in karma. Matt, what do you think? Like, do you think that like the shoes just there's some magic that we had in those pink shoes with Brooks? <laughs> I mean, you definitely don't Ridiculous don't mess with what works. I mean, I wore the same pair of draws every day or every game senior year in football because we kept winning. So I was like, 
I'm not going to change these. I'm going to wear them every game. You know, you, you don't mess with that stuff. And I noticed that, too. When it, Charles Matthews, at one point, I saw him with, you know, not pink shoes. And I was right. like, I wonder why. Why is he in his normal shoes, shoes or whatever and everyone else is in pink? So I, I hadn't really, like, thought of it the way that you were. But, yeah, it's definitely a good point. It just seemed like everything was hard for Michigan on offense. Uh, I, I did see the stat that they only had six assists, and Michigan averages like 14 assists a game. So I just feel like Michigan State had a perfect game plan on offense and defense. They, it was an uncharacteristic game for Michigan on offense, only six assists, because normally normally Simpson alone has six or seven assists, and, you know, other guys do too. So, you know, it was just it was a frustrating game to watch. I don't, I don't know what you guys think. Well, but, yeah. I get what you're saying, Matt, but it's like Michigan, I think we're already dead last in assists per game. Like, we just don't pass. It's not a beeline team. We're not a good offensive team. We're just not. We just got to accept it. I mean, this is a defensive squad, but you look out there, and we can't hit a three. We're, what, over like 13 or 14 to start the second half from the three line? It's just it's it's unbelievable how poor a John Beeline team can play on offense. Now, as bad as you guys feel, didn't you – I mean, it was going back and forth until what, about five minutes left, wasn't it? I mean, that's when Spartans went up by about six or seven, then you knew it was done, but it was it was right there until that point. Right, yeah, probably around the four or five minute mark is where Michigan State really like pulled away. So yeah, there were still chances, but I I never had the feeling that Michigan was actually going to come back and win because mm-hmm. they just weren't like Jared said they weren't hitting their shots. You know, it was going to take someone like Poole or someone like Iggy just all of a sudden hitting three threes because like even Teske didn't even attempt a three. And I know we said you don't want to like rely on him to hit threes, but you know. He has been hitting some threes. He didn't shoot any. So it just maybe, maybe they were caught off guard. You know, who knows? Maybe they didn't expect Michigan State to play that hard or something. But uh, they, they better show up uh, any slanting in a couple of weeks or else they're going to get swept by Michigan State this year. Yeah, well, that's the one good thing. We, we at least got another game to look forward to before uh, March Madness happens. So we'll see if we're in a better mood in a couple of weeks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I really don't know how I can fi- get – it was the – that's like just going into – that's like it's like a, it's like losing on senior night, you know. It's like you're never gonna get that night back, whether you go back and beat them or not. You we're never gonna be re, be able to recreate the magic of a maze out and having two hundred. There's never been more Mich, former Michigan basketball players in the building ever to watch a Michigan basketball game, and right. that's what we put on the court. Just, I, we we have to watch Cassius Winston put on probably the most like dazzling display by a point guard. Like that's literally what John Beeline said. Yeah. It's the best performance he's seen from a point guard in this building. It was fantastic. And this is with Trey Burke and just all the guys at Derek Walton. That's the best he's ever seen in the building. Just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know, like maybe I've brought this up before, but as good as Michigan is, I do still, I'm not like, it's not like burn the boats type of thing just because we lost to the Michigan State. I do still think they're a good team, but I think that it is a problem with their offense. I mean, you, you said it too, Jared. They're, they're, this is probably one of the worst feline offensive teams. I mean, they're, they're not, like, terrible, but the, the balance is one thing that I think comes back to haunt them a little bit. Like, it, it's cool to have four or five guys scoring 12 to 16 or 18 points, but, like, when you – this was the game where you needed someone like Michigan State had Cassius Winston step up, score 27 points. Michigan needed a guy like Matthews or Iggy yes. to pool, you know, whoever to step up and score 25-27. Just take over the game, hit some shots, say, I'm, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go toe-for-toe with Winston and win this game for us. And it seemed like on offense they would just, like, pass it over to Matthews and watch him and be like, hope he does something. 
and then he would pass it over to Livers, and Livers would be like, I hope he does something. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't seem like there was ever like a flow to their offense. Yeah, well, we'll see what Beeline can do. You know, preparing the rest of the way. I got a feeling we're going to see a little bit different Michigan team. And by the way, guys, y'all remember I was body bagged last week, right? But <laughs> but you got to give credit where credits due. Now, didn't this old fella with the wisdom kind of predict this game? Well, you said two points. You did. Okay, two points. But come on. <laughs> Okay, now you're you, gonna. Get... You okay? First off, you just said that to be a contrarian. Oh, and you're telling me that if you would have known that Thomas Kithier was gonna play significant minutes in this game, you would have still taken Michigan State to win. Like, we're not talking about that enough. Listen, Thomas listen. Kithier you can, is out there. You can break it down any way you want, young fella. Young fella, listen. <laughs> I was on record. Yeah, I was five points off, but I had the right team, and I had the reason why. Izzo had them ready, played the underdog role. They played well. It just give me credit, youngster. No, it was a gr- I'll give you credit, 100%. All right. It was, it, it, I mean, you called it. I didn't say it. Okay. I feel it, see, it, like, it, you know, it's always revisionist history. Watching that game, I was like, how the hell did I not see this? Michigan State's pace just completely blew our doors off yeah like I, how did i not see this i know exactly what you're saying because i you know I, I didn't want to say it on air but you know going into the penn state game at penn state i i just had a feeling that the that the wolverines were going to possibly lose that game but you know it, it happens you know we're going to talk more with a special guest here ryan hagadone here coming up next but uh i just want to tell you check out sheridanauctionservice.com for info on upcoming auctions sheridan's auction house is jam-packed with this upcoming auction ending on Tuesday, February 26th. All kinds of sporting goods, a full docket, get this, of donut shop equipment. Also at noon on Wednesday the 27th, 14 prime acres in Bancroft, up for bid. Great stuff at SheridanAuctionService.com. All right, guys. Well, uh, we we heard our reaction, our initial reaction anyway, from the, uh, the big game that just wrapped up. But let's bring in a guest. And the easiest way to describe it is he's a Twitter superstar. Uh, <laughs> I, I interacted with him quite a bit on Twitter. He's at Hags underscore 88. Ryan Hagedone, he's got a ton of followers, ton of hot takes and everything on Twitter, but a lot of good content too. So we're bringing him in to chat. You know, We'll see what he thinks about the game and everything else. Uh, Ryan, thanks for joining us. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Ready to break this thing down, unfortunately. <laughs> you sound a little depressed. I was hoping for a different outcome, man, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, first question. Obviously, I, I probably expect that you didn't think that Michigan was going to win, but, I mean, what about the game like, caught you off guard? Michigan State's defense, Michigan's offense. I mean, what, I don't know. What what did you see? Honestly, the, my takeaways were I didn't think, I mean, other than, other than what I had read, Michigan State's been coming off some phenomenal defensive play as of late. And then to see the way they just literally shut down any drives going to the basket. It seemed like we could, the only person that really could drive was Iggy. He'd come off the corner, drive in, he got that one dunk. But other than that, we would just pass outside the zone, back and forth, back and forth, try for the open three, and they literally shut it down. We were throwing up a lot of prayers. Some of them would hit, some, a lot of them wouldn't. And then Michigan State was on a, a tear and couldn't miss for the longest time. And then, you know, we tie it up right before half. Or, you know, we get it respectable right before halftime. And then come out and do what we've done when we lose, you know, against Wisconsin. Just throwing up shots, constantly missing. And it's like, I don't want to, like, pinpoint it on one guy or two guys because it's, it's a loss collectively. But 
Charles Matt, I don't know what you guys think, and I'll get your guys' opinion on it, but Charles Matthews lately, man, I don't know if it's a confidence thing, but, like, he gets the ball and, you know, he gets excited with it and then dribbles a little bit and just throws up whatever shot. Sometimes it's way off, but hats off to Michigan State. Phenomenal defense, uh, phenomenal game all around. You know, we're a little spoiled in the state of Michigan to have two the in-state rival in the same division, two of the top ten teams in the nation. You know, I'll be looking forward to the second game. What is that, like within a week or a couple weeks? 13 days, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, see if we can steal one from them at their place, and hopefully. And uh, I just think the shooting needs to get better all around Michigan. Michigan relies on their defense, and that's what we do well with. And we just need the shooting to come together. You know, I do have a quick thought on Matthews. I think he's at his best. He's not a bad shooter, but I really think he's at his best when he's off the dribble, slashes to the hoop, and I think that just opens things up a lot more. And we haven't seen a lot of that from him this year. You know, I'll agree with that. Uh, like like uh, getting a pass and just pop, because he he's got a really nice-looking jump shot. And it's like, I don't know if he's getting that setup that you just alluded to, to where he gets it, pop, uh, looks up, and shoots. Right. But at, towards the end there, we just, I mean, everybody that was watching the game saw it kind of slipping away. And then at the end, all of a sudden, you know, Jordan Poole starts hitting these threes from way out, way yeah. out. And I'm like, wow, that's a spark that we could have used, you know. <laughs> Five minutes ago, ten minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know about you, Ryan, but the fact that this was, we were honoring the 89 team, we had the New Jerseys, we had the Maze out, we haven't lost at home in 411 days. This was probably the most embarrassing loss I've felt in a long time as a Michigan fan. Where does this rank in terms of the losses we've had? I mean, we lost to Michigan to Ohio State in football by like what seemed like 50 points. Where does this rank in your mind on our enchilada of losses. Especially with the two injuries that Michigan State had, too. Mm-hmm. I want to say that this is a really embarrassing, but Ohio State uh, definitely, to me, was way more embarrassing than this loss because that wasn't even respectable. The the I, I get what you're saying about you know honoring the, honoring the 89 team, but Michigan State is a good basketball team. You know, they came to play. And uh, I know, you know, with Nick Ward out, they're, you know, the big... Uh, definitely plays a factor but I mean still defensively they made their shots you know so I don't think it's like super embarrassing the streaks the losing and and the streak ending sucks but I mean honestly when you sit down you know break the whole thing down we didn't make our shots I think both teams played defensively well and they just had the upper hand with shooting. I said that last week on our podcast. We were kind of we were kind of previewing the game. I guess uh, you know I kind of thought that losing Nick Ward for Michigan State was a huge loss. Obviously, he's a big part of that team. But like, and we we saw it today this afternoon that actually giving Goins and Tillman more minutes kind of makes Michigan State's offense a little more tough to cover because you got Goins knocking down threes, and you know you're bringing Teske out out on the perimeter to guard that pick and roll, and you know he picked up a couple fouls out there, and he was. You know, Winston was hitting the roll man at the hoop a lot. So, you know, as, as big of a loss, you never want a guy like Nick Ward out of your lineup. But I think it actually might make Michigan State's offense a tougher cover. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. It was nice to see Tessie. For how tall he is, he's got some soft hands. It seems like they squeeze passes in right at the last second, and that dude can just put it up and barely sink in that layup. Would you guys agree with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I kind of wish he'd go up and dunk 
a little more. I mean, I know that's that's coming from a dude who can't dunk, so, you know, like it's kind of funny to say that, but it seems like a lot of times he gets the ball and he just tries to lay it up, misses or he gets blocked or something like that. And, but then there's other times that he goes up and throws down a hammer, so it's like I wish he would just do that every time. You know, we broke up, broke down the game pretty pretty in-depth in our open, but some of the stuff I'm interested in is at Hags underscore 88. I mean, I've checked out your site. Uh, you got thousands of followers. How'd you, how'd you get into the social media world? And how did you grow? I started off with like a Michigan account where I would, you know, I guess what it was down to is just content and and uh, a couple big, you know, a couple big tweets got a lot of attention and 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 with we're spoiled with the Michigan fan base. It's so massive and it's so massive on social media that it it doesn't take a long time. To, you know, this is this is quite a few years in the making, but just trying to be funny and you know witty and and, and people seem to like it so. I just, you know, I will, I will talk about, uh, you know, some post game stuff on on Twitter. Uh, I saw a couple tweets. I saw Matt interacted with a couple, but you got some folks on here saying fire beeline. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Including Greg Henson, a media guy. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to ask you since I mean, kind of on that topic. Since we got you on the phone right now, uh, we recently sent out something a few days ago from our our Twitter page. And uh, it was that whole, like, you got $15 to build a lineup type of thing, you know, and uh, we did a Michigan and a Michigan State one. And it kind of blew up, you know, for, like, what we do. Um, you know, it was it was probably the most traffic we've gotten on our Twitter page. And it, it was tough to keep up with. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, every time I hopped on there, there was 50, 60, 70 notifications. How do you do that? I mean, like, when you send out one of those tweets that, you know, goes viral, if you want to say that, you know, is it kind of tough to keep up with all that stuff? You know, um, I keep all my stuff on mute, to be honest with you. So I mute a lot of my notifications. So tweets, retweets, and, and likes, I, I mute. And then I try to interact with as much as mentions as I can. You know, because when you start shelling out some hot takes and stuff like that, you get a lot of backlash, both positive and negative, mostly negative. <laughs> um, so, you know, you, you kind of you, you get in the frame of mind where you kind of and you engage with the things that you know are going to have a funny or positive spin rather than the constant negativity. Because people ultimately, as you know, as a collective group, don't like negativity. You'll and you'll lose followers quick if you if you're constantly uh, you know get give off a negative perception. Like yeah. Greg, for example, you know he blocks a lot of people. Anybody that you know. If you're gonna if you're going to continue to to express your opinions and give hot takes and then get and then backlash and get mad about the things that people say as a response, they're going to they're, you're tarnishing your name in in itself. So I'm just kind of careful like what I choose to interact with. Scott, you know Scott Bell on Twitter, he's yeah. like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's something else, man. He he is very entertaining and he can get he can get the the opposing fan bases especially Michigan State fan base going and it is hysterical because yep. a lot of times people can't read into what he's saying and to, like if you really break down his tweets and uh, it's just it's very comical so much of his that I kind of want you know some of my spinoffs are kind of similar to his to where inadvertently you're making fun of an opposing fan base but you do it in a way to where it's not totally discriminating that fan base, you know? Right. It's so, a, a fine line. Yes, exactly. Yep. 
you have over uh, like 10,000 followers, almost all Michigan fans. Do you feel like a responsibility to almost like control the narrative around Harbaugh and other like Michigan athletics in general? Because for some like Walmart Wolverines, like whatever you say, they're going to take it as gospel. Do you think about that before sending out a tweet about Michigan? Your your role in kind of keeping the fan base on track? I'm not really on anything like that, but it's, you know, uh, no, I'm just, like I said, just careful about what I post. If I post negative stuff and think I, what I do, okay, to answer your question, I do think about, okay, the devil's advocate, right? I think about that when I before I send something out. Or if it, you know, I get immediate response right when I send it out and it's like, oh, I didn't think about it getting perceived that way, I'll get rid of it because, you know, um, sometimes you don't think things all the way through, just like anybody else. And I don't take, like, whole response. And I, and I know what you're saying about the whole Walmart Wolverine and, 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 and opinions can be uh, taken and ran with, and then they're, they are, I guess, in turn can, considered gospel in the end. But, you know, I, I try to just keep keep it light, keep it humorous. And, you know, if, if I see something just bonkers, that somebody says, I'll, I'll call them out just because. And I'm careful about that because if I do shed light on it, you know, <laughs> Michigan Twitter will will go after folks. So <laughs> Michigan so, Twitter so, is a, like a different world in and of itself. I mean, it is one minute fire beeline, fire Harbaugh, the next minute best coaches in the country. I mean, it, I, I can't imagine being like, you know, if you want to say, if you want to say like celebrity or like having a huge following on social media, especially Michigan Twitter, and like trying to handle some of the mentions that you get. You know, I've grown to have thick skin on Twitter or any social media because like losses after. Because I have I have followers that I like interacting with from opposing fan bases, both Ohio State mm-hmm. and Michigan State, and there's friendly banter that goes back and forth, which I can appreciate. If if my team loses. I fully expect to be put on front street, and and rightfully so, and that's vice versa. So it should uh, all be in fun too, right? I mean, that oh, that's the shame of it that it it turns personal. You know, it should be fun, right? Sometimes after like the exactly after the Ohio State loss, you want sometimes you just want to shut it down, man. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like that that loss in itself was like, especially after football ends, and then after basketball ends, and then there's that period till football starts. There's literally nothing to talk about because my Twitter literally revolves around Michigan sports, basketball, and football. Nothing else. Yeah. I mean, mainly sports, and I'll you know I'll show out some stuff about you know national sports news, or you know Barstool has something funny that comes out. But for the most part, you know, after the Ohio State loss, it's like man. You know, this team was so special. It's like, you know, it wasn't even a respectable loss. You know, Ohio State was clearly the better team. And, you know, here we are now. Def- now you can either choose to defend your team, which is an uphill battle, which you'll never <laughs> win, or you just change the subject and move on. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you mentioned uh, Walmart Wolverines. I, I just have a two-part like, question for you. I didn't graduate from Michigan. None of us three did, so we are technically Walmart Wolverines. I guess first part, did you graduate from Michigan? I did not. Nope. Okay, I did not. so um, I'll be interested to hear your, like, what are your thoughts on people calling, like, people who didn't go to Michigan, Walmart Wolverines? What's your whole thoughts on that, just fan base in general? My thing was, and my argument always will be, if you're a Detroit Lions fan and you're only allowed to be Detroit Lions fan if you play for the Detroit Lions, because honestly, I mean, I guess it's the same argument, right? It's a, it's a fan. You're a fan of a team that you know you call your team, 
And, you know, I've gotten called out for saying, oh, it's your team. Well, you didn't go to the university. It's not your team. It's you, it's only your team if you graduate. Listen, Michigan has millions of fans. You know, if, if their fan base only consisted of graduates, it'd be a lot smaller and a lot more less entertaining than it is now. So that's always kind of my thing with it. Um, yeah. I never claimed to go there. Yeah, that's always it's always the question, it seems like, you know, who are you a fan of, Michigan? Did you go there? Like, why does that always have to be the follow-up question, right? <laughs> why can't I just be a fan? Well, it's always the Michigan State fans that, that want to go with that narrative, and it's like, it's very tiresome and when you start to get into that argument. I'll admit I have gotten into some pretty heated arguments about that, but, I mean, not nothing on Twitter, most mostly in person. But, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's an endless, it's an uphill battle that you won't win because at the end of the day, you didn't go there. I'm a Meyer Wolverine, by the way. Hey, Jared, you had a uh, part two. <laughs> There's Walmart Wolverine. What do we call Spartans? Like Spartan store Spartans? <laughs> well, I was just uh, so another question. I, I just am curious to wonder by somebody who deals so much with opposing fan bases like Michigan State and Ohio State. We've had this debate on the podcast before. Who's our bigger rival? Is it Michigan State or is it Ohio State? I tend to think it's Michigan State. I'm just curious as somebody who's constantly dealing with the tweets and the social interaction from both fan bases. Who do you hate more? <laughs> Michigan State, hands down. And I think they're, they're much more of a rival. I mean, we haven't beat Ohio State, what is it, 10 years? Right. Is that what it is? So I don't deal with Ohio State fans on a daily basis. I deal with Michigan State fans on a daily basis. I think the narrative would change if you lived in Ohio and you dealt with Ohio State fans all the time. You would hate it, and I've seen that argument, right? There's, a, there's another argument, too, Ryan. Let me ask you this. I'm the old guy, okay? I remember the old days of Woody and Bo. So it's hard for me to get out that Ohio State's not the biggest rival. I'm sixty. Yeah. I'm 62. How old a guy are you? I'm 30. Okay. So, yeah. That's a little bit of it, too, I think. And I, and I agree with all three of you guys on the one point. In your age group, it's got to be Michigan State. Yeah, I agree. You think about that, and, you know, Michigan's got the most, you know, the most titles, and, you know, we're constantly going to the table with that argument, the most wins in college football. But that's going to come to an end soon. Mm-hmm. You know, to where you can't use that argument anymore. And it's a different day and age. And, and as time goes on, different different teams become different rivals. You know, to where that, you can't change history. It'll always be there. But we are concerned about the task at hand and beating those. And they're still considered rivals, absolutely. But I just think that Michigan State is a bigger rival for Michigan than Ohio State is. I always, res, you know, respect Ohio State. In the sense of that, it, it is it is a serious rival. It's the last last game of the season, but I yeah I have to give Michigan State the upper hand on that. Well, yeah, you got to beat your rival once in a while, man. Oh, and seven in the Urban Meyer days is ridiculous. Urban Meyer, he left after going like Ted said, seven and zero against us. Do you think that we can ever recover from just a coach coming in and dominating Michigan in the way he did? Like Ryan Day taking over? Do we do we bounce back? Or are you basically that Urban Meyer just came in and bitch slapped Michigan and left? I think that you know I've heard that I've heard that before too, and it's you know regardless of what Urban Meyer did off the field, on the field the dude wins. Bottom line, wins championships. He's got rings. You know I you know I've got some buddies that are huge Ohio State fans, and I get shut up every single time with when he asks, okay, how many rings you have? Mm-hmm. None. <laughs> so. You know, End of story. I think, yeah, exactly. I think that Ohio State fans say Michigan, now that Ryan Day took over, Michigan starts winning. You know, they win the next five. Knock on wood. That'd be awesome. But 
I think Ohio State fans will always use the narrative, okay, well, we, you know, we still beat you 10 years in a row, right? But that will eventually fade out if we continue to win. I think that's the only thing that matters is you continue to win. And it really is the only thing that matters. You could say it's similar to the Michigan-Michigan State football rivalry. For a while, it was getting to the point where Michigan fans through the 90s and early 2000s were almost laughing at that because Michigan was just completely dominating it. Now that's yeah. obviously turned around. So you could say it's similar for the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Michigan's got to start winning some. Yeah, without a doubt. So three of the biggest names on Michigan Twitter, you, you got Scott Bell, and you have Ant Wright. Hypothetical scenario, you guys somehow end up in an octagon. Who wins in a fight? <laughs> Physical fight? I don't know. <laughs> or, or like a verbal fight. Yeah, let's call it like an M&M battle. I got to give Scott Bell the upper hand. I, You know, Anthony Wright, he's got a couple of things going. You know, he's obviously a former Michigan basketball player. He's got incredible content. He, he, his engagement level is very, very high. Um, and then Scott is far. I don't know how he does it, man. He's he's a very talented individual when it comes to uh, you know uh, articulating his tweets. I mean, it's some of the stuff that he comes up with. I like sometimes you aspire to you know to, to produce some content like that because, like I said, in you know inadvertently tearing down another fan base without because he's very he's very careful on how he goes at him. You know what I mean? And it is still just tears them up, and I love it because it's like that. that's what Twitter's all about. <laughs> Amen. Well, Ryan, again, thanks for uh, joining us tonight. Ryan Hagedone, hey, peeps out there, give him a follow. You'll definitely enjoy it, especially if you're a Wolverine fan. That's at Hags underscore 88. Ryan, thanks again for, for joining us here. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Great stuff from Ryan there. That was that was fun talking about the game, even though the Sparties won that one down in Ann Arbor. But uh, I want to tell you a little bit about Rivals Tap House and Grill. You know, March Madness is coming up, so head on over to Rivals. We were just there today for the big game, and uh, it felt like we were right at Chrysler watching it on their 120-inch screen. Stay tuned for the upcoming specials, including St. Patty's Day. And don't forget, every Wednesday, it's the Blind Draw Cornhole League. Just 5 bucks to play, 6.30 until 9. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill. All right, tonight again, my look at TV, movies, and pop culture. Last week I laid out my top three long-form dramas in order. Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Dexter. It was nice to get some uh, social media love. Sparty Basketball, he liked my list. He's at Sparty Basketball. But his top choice was The Wire. And that's, that's a pretty solid selection. He's now watched it start to end three different times. One more shout out also. I brought it up last week. HBO's True Detective Season 3. The season finale airs later on tonight. We're recording this on Sunday night. I can't wait to see how it ends. But this is my, uh, my look, my tidbits. I'm kind of looking ahead a little bit, Jared. You should be proud of me here all right coming up i'm excited about this one debuting on netflix on march 29th is the highwaymen this is a film that follows two texas rangers played by get this kevin costner and woody harrelson as they attempt to track down and arrest the bank robbers and killers bonnie and clyde now my vote says i know you're hot for vince vaughn you'll watch anything he's in any film starring costner and harrelson that's at the top of my radar. What do you guys think about that? It sounds like I'm looking forward to that movie very much as well. I'm glad to see that you're kind of dipping outside of the popular on Netflix tab. I'm glad to see that, that you're, you're looking ahead, ahead, looking ahead <laughs> on what's coming out. Okay. I will say this. Woody Harrelson is good. Kevin Costner, what was the last movie he was in? Like 
Ch- children of the Corn, or uh, no, not Children of the Corn. Children uh, of the Corn. Field of Dreams. Well, Field of Dreams. Is that the last thing he was in? No, like, don't. That's the last time that guy acted. When he was younger, he he definitely was t- a list, top of the line Hollywood, no doubt. But I, as he's gotten older, he's picked his parts. I saw him in one called The Hatfield and McCoys. That was a pretty good flick, and he he was awesome. I like Kevin Costner. Don't dog on the old guy. Oh, Costner's great. He he did that NFL draft movie. I forget what the title is right now. Draft he, day. He was like the GM of the Browns or was, whatever. Was he any good in that? Was that movie he any was good? All right. Yeah, I thought. I mean, it was you know solid. Okay, I didn't see that one, so that might be one, uh, Jared, that uh, I'll I'll flash back and watch sometime. Yeah, don't hate on Costner. He, he's a great actor. All right, here's another I'm one. Not I'm just saying he hasn't been in a movie in a long. Like, yeah, he was in Draft Day. I forgot about that one. It was kind of a dud movie, kind of stinks. But he's not the A-list actor that Ted just laid out. I don't know if I would say I have season tickets to him like you just said. I mean, Woody is, is Vince awesome, Vaughn anymore? What's the last thing Vince Vaughn did? Exactly. I don't know, like Delivery Man, which wasn't that good of a movie. The Internship, maybe, which is basically just a long commercial for Google. All I can say is if when you get old, Jared, you're going to love these guys you liked when you were younger. That's all I can tell you. All right? Here's another one. I'm kind of intrigued by this. It's in the beginning stages of planning an unnamed Hulk Hogan biopic starring Chris Helmsworth of Thor fame. Now, it's slated at this time to be directed by Todd Phillips. You know who Todd Phillips is, don't you there, Jared? He uh, directed, like, Old School, didn't he? The Hangover Trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's a big time get right there. And all time heel, the Iron Sheik's lobbying to play himself. I'm all about that on the casting. And by the way, I became a Hulk fan back way back when he played Thunderlips in Rocky Three. Yo, Adrian, catch in me. The- in the flesh, now, baby. Is, is that movie going to include, like, the whole scandal Hulk Hogan was involved in, like, a couple years ago? No, unfortunately. I think it's going to be the backstory on how he uh, how he got into wrestling and, and made it to the big time. They'll probably end it, you know, at WrestleMania 3 would be my guess. But I, I tell you what, he is legendary for... Uh, for the after hours stuff he's famous for too, by the way. I don't know if you I don't know if you caught that film. <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of uh did you have anything more on entertainment? I got one more thing, okay. okay. And this, and since, I had a pretty good segue, but we well, can continue. You want to segue into well, no, hold that thought because I, I want to get this out. I had it out in my notes last week and this uh kind of ties into Matt and ESPN. Have you guys seen the little mini documentary and story on ESPN.com called Who Says I Can't? Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? I have not, no. It's the, the coach who was born with no legs, no arms. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the most inspirational true stories I've ever read or watched in quite some time. It's the story of 30-year-old Rob Mendez, who was born with a very rare condition. Despite no arms, no legs, he's shown that if you make your mind up to do something bad enough, nothing's impossible. Now, that sounds, I know, like a lifetime promo right there. But, you know, when his friends went out for freshman football, he joined the team as manager. He loved football so much, he absorbed all he could, drew up game plans on Madden, Madden PlayStation, by his senior year, and he worked the Madden, you know, with a with a stick in his mouth. That's how he yeah, played it. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, oh, how the heck did he do that? Yeah. Okay. And by his senior year, he worked his way up to quarterbacks coach for the varsity team, and then after a dozen years as an assistant coach at five different schools in California, he, he got the chance to be a head JV coach at a school, Prospect High School in California. All I can say on this one, guys, you know, we, we make a lot of fun here and have fun and joke at all that, but uh, this one's a must-see if you haven't seen it. And, you know, get ready to shed a few tears. This guy is a true inspiration. Yeah, it's really well done. Obviously, those those E60, those movies that they do are always well done, but that's it's a pretty inspirational story for yep, sure. Absolutely. Now, I don't know if you can segue out of that, Jared, into, into what you want to bring up, but go ahead and do it. Speaking of uh, happy stories, how about a happy ending? 
Would you? <laughs> I think I need to. Did you like that one? Pretty I good? did. That was very good. So Robert Kraft, he's involved in this sting operation at an Asian massage parlor. The way I kind of think that Ted, I kind of think you should kind of tee this up, okay? Because you're very wise in your years, mm-hmm. and something tells me that maybe in the 1970s, this might have been something you and your buddies might have uh, frequented. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on like the Asian massage parlor and the Robert Kraft? Uh, basically, what the hell's going on here? Well, uh, number one, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie and say the thought had never crossed my mind, but. <laughs> I, I truly have never been to one of these uh, facilities, but I under I understand what does go on there. Uh, I had an interesting thought about it. I made a comment to my wife Lana about it. I said, you know, give the guy a break. You know, I mean, these massage parlors are out there. They've been out there forever. He, you know, he, like you said, he wanted a happy ending. What's the big deal? But then when they started in on the human trafficking thing, a little bit different story there. Yeah, some of these women were being held as sex slaves, basically. So, yeah, that that's where it gets, I mean, criminal. <laughs> exactly. Could really get in trouble for it. Uh, but, yeah, there, there was a side to me when I before I saw those details. That was kind of my first reaction. I mean, uh, his longtime wife, you know, passed away a little while yeah. ago, and he's kind of been, like, living the bachelor life for a while. He had, like, a 30-year-old girlfriend for a while, and, you know, he's just... He's living the dream. He's a billionaire. He owns the Patriots, and he's got endless amount of money. So I, there was a side of me that kind of thought the same thing. Like, just let him let him live out the last, you know, 10 or whatever years of his life and have some fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exa- he's lonely. I mean, she passed away in 2011. The thing that really blew me away, though, he only has to pay $50? <laughs> like, I guess that's why he's rich, you know? Like, $50 to him, that's nothing. But does that, does that surprise you, though, seeing how the Patriots do business? Ooh. They don't, they don't he pay does anyone either, so it shouldn't surprise you. I, and another thing, as a Tiger Woods fan, so right when the news broke on Friday, Adam Schefter said Kraft is not the biggest name in the sting. Tiger Woods, as we know, he lives in Jupiter, Florida. Yes. That was where his first like infidelity case broke with the car crash back on Thanksgiving break, like what, 2009 or whatever. I was holding my breath all Friday. I thought for sure his name was going to come out, and I thank goodness that it was not. I thought for sure that it was going to be. And who knows, it still could come out. Yeah. But that was definitely my first thought when I heard Adam Schefter say that there's another big name in this. Yeah, I don't think they've released a bigger name than Kraft yet, have they? No, they haven't yet. Yeah, he's the biggest name. So, yeah, I don't know who Schefter was talking about with that tweet. But, yeah, I mean, I saw people saying, too, like, how how does this guy, he's a billionaire, how does he, like, get caught, you know? But people get caught doing stuff all the time. So just because you're rich doesn't mean you're not, not going to get caught doing something like that, right? Well, hell, it was a government sting. I mean, they've been they've been scoping that place out for six months, and they have they had video cameras in there. <laughs> you know. So can I ask like a question? So I, I saw that, and they would wear like tie with like a camera on it or whatever to get footage. So it's basically a sting operation for the government here. They would send in a, a, a plant, and he would have to go through with a massage to prove it. Is that pretty much like what his job was? Possibly, or he could have been in the lobby, you know, asking, you know, questions, and then Kraft comes rolling in. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that part worked. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it was like some crazy uncovering. I mean, right on their website, it said they include they have a uh, massage called the Tokyo Ultimate Forehand. <laughs> and along with a 10% discount for first-time customers and frequent guest packs. Hmm. I mean, it was right out in the open there. Yeah, that's probably why they were watching it. They knew they knew something shady was going on. Are you saying that if you, like, worked in the government, FBI, you know, whatever agency, 
you'd want to be the guy that had to go undercover and get a little rub and tug? <laughs> I mean, I could think I could think of a lot worse jobs to have than that. I oh. mean, can you, it's just like how did like just how does that is that how that must have been how they did it, right? How else can you do it? Like you said, it might have been a conversation, but I don't know. Yeah, so when they got the sex trafficking out there, I, I, I kind of changed my tune a little bit. But then again, when you think about it, do you really think Robert Kraft was there for anything other than, like you so aptly put it, a rub and tug? He had no idea there were illegals there, did he? You know, you wouldn't think so, right? I mean, obviously we don't know him personally. We don't know what he does in all of his personal time. But you would think that, yeah, he would just be going there because he's on vacation, they just won the Super Bowl. He just wants a happy ending yeah, or whatever. He needs so, to relax a little bit, get some sleep. give him the benefit of the doubt until all the evidence comes out, right? Yeah, but it sure is a, a black eye and embarrassing to him, though. That's for sure. That's a, I was talking to some buddies at work right after, and you know, we were like, how does he hand out a suspension <laughs> player for doing something like that? You know, Say a player goes to the strip clubs and get, gets in a little trouble, or goes to a massage parlor and gets in a little trouble or whatever. How does Kraft, like find these guys or suspend these guys anymore when he's doing it himself right i don't know i mean it, you guys think it's embarrassing i almost look at it the other way it's almost impressive he's 77 years old <laughs> i mean ted you might know this better than us <laughs> hey when now watch older, it I mean, <laughs> watch what you say here <laughs> young you fella older, <laughs> it gets a little bit harder so it's like i don't know 77 that's what she said around? that's what she said right <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's another guy on this list. I can't think of his name right now. He's like 85 years old. I mean, sometimes you just got to tip your cap. Well, that's true. Now, we don't know if they're going in uh, on pills or not on pills, but either way, yeah, I agree with you there. That, that's pretty solid. You know, we had uh, Ryan on, Matt, and I wanted to ask you, you know, you posted on Twitter a, a very cool contest on the top top five for Michigan State and Michigan. Tell our listeners a little bit about it, and it, it caught a little fire. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen these things. I'm sure you have, but I, I think these things are super cool. I mean, like ESPN and other, other places have put stuff like this out where there's a dollar line, $2, $3, $4, $5 line, and there's players on each line, and you, you get $15 to pick your, like, all-star team. So, you know, everyone kind of gets to give their opinion on, you know, you can either pick two $5 guys and then fill it out with $3 guys, or you can build your team with your $15 or whatever. And, uh, you know, usually it's, like, the all-time NBA players, all-time dunkers or, you know, whatever. So with the game being today on, on Sunday, I was like, cool, let's let's put one together for Michigan Michigan State. Um, so so I just I created those, put them out there, and, yeah, they kind of blew up a little bit. And kind of like what Ryan was saying, you know, you got to it, – it's not all going to be positive feedback. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Most, mostly overall with the Michigan one, it was mostly positive. As far as like you know, people saying like, "How is this guy not on there?" The Michigan State one, though, like people were really blowing up, blowing me up, or blowing us up because there were a couple guys that I probably left off that should have been on there. But um, yeah, Mo Pete, Mo Pete seemed to be the top one, wasn't it? Yeah, Morris Peterson, and you know, like he was one. And just being completely honest, like I had the thing done, um, and I sent it to a couple buddies that I know are Spartan fans, and just to, like get approval i guess like what do you guys think and they both told me that and to be honest with you i just didn't want to go back and redo it (laughs) you know what he probably is a snub i want to see if anyone notices on twitter and uh yeah they noticed oh i loved it they noticed (laughs) i thought it was awesome and it's kind of nice to have a snub on there and people are paying attention now some people weren't paying attention and didn't realize that you'd posted on there since 1988 this all came from the before the duke unc game um espn put one out of like the best Duke UNC players of all time. So I was like, 
cool, I'm going to do one for Michigan, Michigan State. But I was like, I'm not going to go all the way back, like literally all time, because there were dudes, I mean, obviously like Magic Johnson would have been on there for Michigan State, but there were guys that like are all-time Michigan, Michigan State players that I have no idea who the hell these guys are. So I was like, you know, let's go since 1988. Most people will recognize these guys. I thought it worked out real well, Matt. And again, kudos to you on behalf of Three Point Podcast. That was well done. We'll be looking for more. We're going to give you more work to do. Yeah, no, it's fun. And that's... like I said, I, I thought it was going to pick up some steam. I was like, you know, with this rivalry, Michigan, Michigan State, Twitter, social media being what it is, like Ryan was talking about, I was like, yeah, I'll probably pick up a little steam. But actually, like, it was it was blowing up there for a while. Oh, nice job. We'll wrap up the show here in just a bit, but I want to tell people, you know, we all three graduated from Corona, so we got to say a big shout-out for our Corona Cavaliers, the Corona Connection dot com says it's great to be golden it was a big week at our alma mater the lady cavalier hoop team they wrapped up the gac red outright by dominating flint beecher 61 25 mariah duncan led the way with 14 points the eighth ranked cavaliers improved to 17 and 2 with the win the 14 and 6 boys well they'll start the tournament coming up against mount morris on wednesday february 27th at 5 30 for a division two district semi that can be heard on z92.5 and also replayed at three point pod here's one for you guys the corona bowlers the keglers qualified for the state finals by edging bullock creek by 34 pins in the div three regionals and sophomore brady cornell qualified for the individual finals with high games of 237 and 246 i don't know what your guys bowling games like but uh, that's pretty phenomenal I say that's pretty good. I've broken 200 a couple times, but not on a regular basis at all. Yeah. And also, congrats to the boys' swimming and diving team. They finished the regular season undefeated and reign as GAC Conference champs. So it was definitely a good week to be a Cavalier. All right, guys, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Yeah, real quick, I was going to say, you know, we're recording this and the Oscars are going on. Uh, we watched a couple nights ago. My wife and I watched A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? I have not. Is it, is it good as everybody says? Incredible. Incredible. I like Bradley Cooper a lot. He might be more Jared's age. You know, you're talking about some of the older actors that we remember. So maybe maybe Bradley Cooper is like... He's A-list. Yeah, he, he's what, you know, Jared probably is probably thirsting over. <laughs> I am too, though, because I'm a huge Bradley Cooper fan, and it was amazing. Lady Gaga was great. You know, the singing was real good, so... I would definitely recommend that. Maybe that should have been a part of entertainment tonight. Yeah, possibly. And, you know, also, you know, I'm a big queen uh, queen guy, and they're opening up the Oscars almost right right about now as we're wrapping up our recording. But uh, I'm just going to – I got to – I, I'm just pulling for Queen Bohemian Rhapsody to win the Oscar. I know they won't, 33-1 to 1 odds, but uh, it, it'd be incredible if it did. Queen to win which one? Best uh, picture. Be a joke. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Matt, how's this for a uh, Jackson main impression? Hey, I just wanted to get another look at you. That's pretty good. That is no idea. What an inside joke that is. That is no idea. Well, well it must be good. Bradley Cooper, right? Yeah, Bradley, but he's got, yeah, basically what Jared just did, a very deep, kind of like cowboyish uh, voice in the movie. Jared, by the way, I might not have seen the movie, but I've seen a few commercials, so. The fact that you haven't seen that, Ted, and you're our entertainment tonight guy it's a joke you're 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 out there watching horrible movies on netflix you're 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 sidelined for two weeks with your hip injury and you don't get around to see probably the best movie of the year yeah well i, I, will, I we might have to, to pull the tettertainment for a week Nah, i'm just telling you it doesn't matter if I, if I see it opening week or two years after it's out what difference does it make yeah he said last week that he budgets his entertainment money thank you for his cable package not for going to movies yes it's just well, he the. Made sure it's to just. Go see Bohemian Rhapsody, didn't <laughs> I did make sure I saw that one. You're right. <laughs> I, I budget my time, young fella. 
he was mean to me right now, but, uh, you know, that's a wrap. But let's wish a happy 20th birthday to our good friend, Jared, our millennial man, my nephew. Happy 20th, Jared. Oh, the 20th was today? Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. So when people oh, are it was tomorrow. I was going to say, Michigan couldn't likely. give you a birthday present and win a game? There you go. No, they couldn't. I don't have much planned for my birthday, so it's pretty much just going to be another day. But. The 20th is kind of a weird one. Yeah. Because like, it it's not like you can you know legally go out to a bar and get a drink, but you know, you're know you not a teenager anymore, so it's kind of cool, but it's kind of a weird one. <laughs> yeah, you start counting down the 365 till that 21st is what it is. Pretty much. Exactly. So, All right. 65 days. Well, happy birthday to you anyway. That's my present to you, okay? Thank there you. you. Uh, hey, now, do you think that as a birthday present you could forget about that $20 I owe you? Is it 20 yeah, I guess it is twenty. It's up to like fifty by now. No, no, we're we're gonna let it roll. We're gonna keep we're gonna keep playing with that money, buddy. It's in the bank. <laughs> all right, everybody. If you enjoy the show, uh, share Three Point Podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or Google Play Music. Give us a follow on Twitter or Instagram. You heard us talking about it. It's at Three Point Pod. Also, you can email us at threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks again to our podcasting partners, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the Corona Connection, and Corona Public Schools. Thanks also to Ryan Hagedone at Hags underscore 88. He was a lot of fun to talk about the Michigan game and also social media. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan Z92.5 The Castle production. Thanks again for listening and supporting Three Point Podcast. So